This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the May 15th edition of Invest Talk. This is our roundtable type discussion about managing your money. We talk about managing risk and investing approaches to help make you grow your money. Doesn't it? Everybody wants that. I mean, it's just, you know, we want security in our old age. Security. We want security in our young age, too, for that matter. But in old age, you don't have the ability to earn the money as you do when you're younger. So this is a show that tries to help you secure that retirement. Now, one risk we all need to be aware of is inflation. I've talked about inflation many times. Why is inflation so important to investors? Well, inflation is measured as an annual percentage rate and reported to us on various reports. The most common is the consumer price index. You also have the producer price index and the PCE. There's different reports. As it rises, purchasing power decreases. Fixed asset values are affected. Companies must adjust their prices for goods and services. And at that point, financial markets start to react. Now, if you want a really good example of inflation, just think about your own life. And think about going to a movie when you were young and going to the movie now 20, 30 years later. How much did that movie take a cost back then? And how much does it cost today? There's inflation. You can see it really easy in different parts of the economy. So you, that, the financial market looks at inflation and they react to it. And inflation is a fact of life. What is the ideal scenario for inflation? What is, how, we, you're going to have it, but how much is ideal for an economy? How much is good versus when does it turn bad? So we're going to talk about that today. But, of course, your questions always come first. So let's get to the call on our 24-hour listen line, 888-99-CHART. Steve or Justin, long-time listener, first-time caller here. Just wanted to get some advice. I'm 25 years old, and I'm trying to save up for retirement. I know, a little young, but I want to start early so I have as much money as I can when I'm older. Would you recommend uh, REITs to invest in with my Roth IRA? Would you recommend some other vehicles to maximize uh, my time and my earnings while not losing any uh safety. I know I can go ahead and invest in bonds and other safer markets, but I figured I'd go for a little bit more risky or something with a little bit more uh, more of a dividend. That way, right now, I can take the hit as a young investor and maybe recoup my losses if any were incurred. just want to get your thoughts on, I guess, a medium risk strategy for retirement uh, to maximize my growth potential with my age. Thanks in advance. I'll be listening on the podcast. Bye. Okay, first of all, at 25, you should take more risk, not not medium risk. You really should. You're way too young to think about bonds. Uh, now, if you want to take less risk in stocks, big blue chip dividend paying stocks are less risky than high growth uh, type of companies. Uh, but you won't get the, the, the best return in high, high dividend paying blue chip stocks uh, all by itself. Because you do want some growth. You need to have some growth in your stocks. So if you're going to want to be less risky but still be in the market, the bigger companies, the big uh, big cap, dividend-payer companies and reinvesting the dividends is probably a better way to go. 
but I would stay away from bonds at 25 years old. You're just too young. You don't need bond income. You need growth of your portfolio. So that's what I would suggest. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that the all-dreaded word inflation, everybody thinks it's bad. Well, it's not bad. It's not. Remember, it's, it's, it's measured in an annual percentage rate, 2%, 5%, 3%. What's inflation rate? And it's reported most commonly to the CPI is what really affects us, you and me, because it's the consumer price index. It's inflation at the consumer level. Okay. Now, and, and when, the, when the inflation gets out of control, it really affects financial markets adversely, dramatically, out of control inflation. And, of course, what do you do? The best scenario is a moderate or low inflation report. Inflation gets out of control. It, when that happens, the Federal Reserve steps in and they raise rates, interest rates, to restrict the economy, to slow it down, in other words, depending on the situation. Rising rates will slow an economy. Lower rates supports growth of economy. And of course, investors, what do they want? They want the growth of uh, they want the growth of the economy. They don't want to see increases of profits at the stock, you know, at the companies. But moderate inflation or low inflation means that they can keep up. Prices can keep up with earnings and er prices go up, earnings go up, inflation goes up. So as long as it's not out of control. Now the Federal Reserve tries to be proactive about this. And that's why they're raising rates now. We don't have much inflation. There's nothing. Economy's not really overheated. Hasn't shown any sign of that. But they're raising rates now because they try to be proactive. Also, they another reason is they lower them so much during the financial crisis, it's way too low to combat the next recession when it does happen. And how do they combat that next recession? By lowering interest rates. So they lower and raise interest rates in their attempts to, to prevent overheating the economy and prevent recessions. And often they get it wrong. Just letting you know that's how it works. Now my, our main talking point today takes the form of a question. Does the falling dollar mean investors should look around, abroad, not here, look around outside the United States? And there's a case to be made for it. When transacted in dollars, European equities have returned nearly 18% over the last 12 months for Americans. That's pretty good. That should get your attention. So we're going to talk about that. Some of the other topics I have on schedule today. Well, I'm going to talk about China. We haven't talked about China's economy in some time. No one, You notice no one's really reporting on it or anything, but I think we should talk about what, what's happening economically in China? Then, how would you know when the bull market is just about done? How would you know that? Well, I got some signals for you. You know, I've brought to you in the last few weeks a bunch of different kinds of things to look at to determine when, do, when are we going to go into recession, when does the bull market end, you know, when are we going to... Yeah, all, I, I'm just bringing the information to the table so you can... Plug it into your own mind to make your own decision. And finally, Wall Street's fear index, the VIX, is giving stock market investors a wrong reading, says Goldman Sachs. The VIX, the volatility index. Those are the things we're going to talk about. 
of course, you you first. What's on your mind? What do, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I I never, you know, I never, I always want to talk about what's on your mind. The market was down today. Dow was down 103 point, 193 points. The Nasdaq was down 60, and the S&P down 19. So the market was down. It had you know three or four, five days is whatever a number of days up in a row. And this is the pattern we've been getting for ever since what January, February, up a bunch of days, then down a bunch of days, and up a bunch, back and forth, back and forth. It's going to break out one of these days. It is, but we'll see when. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. You've heard us talk many times about fundamental and technical analysis. It's a tool that we use every day to enable us to make informed buy and sell decisions. So please don't think using the essential tools over your head. It's not. You just need to be properly introduced and taught. So sign up for our free webinar coming up on the 30th. You can do that on investtalk.com. Got a question for me right now? Well, give me a call. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Invest Talk, researching a stock. The debt to equity ratio compares a company's total debt to shareholders' equity. And both of these numbers can be found on a company's balance sheet. You have questions about that? Call and ask 888 99 Chart is how to reach Invest Talk right now. 888 99 Chart, 888-992-4278. Now, what do you think about the following dollar? The dollar goes up and down in value compared to other currencies. So when someone says, oh, the dollar's falling or the dollar is rising, what they're really saying is against other currencies and compared to other currencies, it's floating up or down. So that's what it means when the dollar rises and falls. And what are the other currencies they compare with? Well, the most common is the EU, the Euro, the, the, uh, and, the and the Japanese yen. Those are the most common. And, of course, the Chinese yuan is getting to be bigger and bigger as a currency. But remember, they still have ties to it. It doesn't free float against our dollar yet. It, they're, they're getting to the, there, but it's not there yet. And, of course, other currencies as well. But those are the major three currencies around the world. Now, if you buy, using American dollars, a foreign asset, a foreign stock... Okay, on a foreign exchange. What you're doing is you're exchanging your U.S. dollars into the foreign currency. Let's say it's in Europe and it's the, the euro. And buying that stock on the European exchange using euros that you just exchanged. So, if the dollar gets stronger against the euro, then when you translate it back, the value are weaker, the dollar gets stronger, weaker. The value moves up and down, not because of the underlying asset, but simply because the dollar floats against the, the European currency or Japanese yen or wherever you're trading. So this is how you can get an extra boost from your returns or a fall and something you thought was better than it was. So right now we've had... Europe doing very, very well. The dollar, you know, uh, for some, a year ago was pretty weak. Recently, it's starting to get stronger again. So, you know, if you're buying a European asset on the European market, you'd rather see the dollar weak 
So when it translates back into dollars, you're getting more. The, yen, the euro, trend, you get more dollars for your investment. And I think the European was up, it was about 18% the last 12 months, European equities. So if you're going to buy foreign positions, and don't think you won't because there's big companies that are, you know, that are traded on foreign exchanges that you might want. Uh, or you might just want to do you know, play the, do, the the currency exchanges. We have ETFs, exchange-traded funds, that buy foreign currencies. You can, you can, things that were impossible in my youth, you could do easily today. Commodities, currencies, things that you couldn't, you know, gold futures, gold. I mean, just, they were impossible to do or very difficult to do are very expensive to transact now not at all so just think do you think the dollar is going to get stronger or weaker compared to another currency if you're considering buying an equity within that currency you know you, that should be on your mind when you do and there's it's a great way to diversify diversify your portfolio so you know don't don't just dismiss it you know, you don't have to buy individual stocks even. You could buy an ETF in the foreign, you could buy an ETF in the in the euro. You could buy an ETF in France or England or wherever part of Europe you want, or Japan. EWJ is Japanese uh, ETF exchange traded fund. So it's, it's easy to do. And in some ways it worries me because it's so easy to do. People do it not really understand what they're doing. Yeah. So in some ways, it's a, it's a concern. But I'd rather have the freedom of choice than not. Why should I invest in stocks? How do I know what kinds of stocks to invest in? What's the benefit of investing in funds over individual stocks and bonds? So we're here to help you. I want to help you with those answers. Our anytime number is 888-99-CHART. get back to invest talk made possible every day by kpp financial independent thinking shared success to learn more about the variety of kpp investment programs go to investtalk.com and click on the investments tab now let's hear your question 888-99-CHART is our number for invest talk 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Sid in Chicago. How you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Thank you. I have been listening to your program uh, every now and then. And uh, I think well, you mentioned about LB sometimes, right? L Brands. Yes. That yes. Which, mm -hmm. which was like dropping quite some time. Uh, yep. You mentioned that when it is going to go upward, that's the right time to purchase. And I just want to check with you to take your opinion that is it the right time to purchase? Because the currently, as of today, the price is $33.31. And I wanted to invest it something, looks. but before that, I want, to new, I want to know your opinion. Okay, thank you. L Brands, everybody, uh, operates 3075 uh 
and franchise 813 special retail stores in U.S., Canada. It's big. It's a $9.2 billion company. The best-known brand that it has is Victoria's Secret. Um, and it's been beaten up. Last year in August, a year ago August, it was around this price, $33, $34 a share. It went from there all the way up to 60 and now it's back down to 33 34 it's thirty-three thirty-one today. Thirty-three dollars and thirty-one cents. This, Sid, I'm thinking that this is about where it's going to stop falling. The PE is now ten. Uh, earnings is earnings this year are going to fall about six percent and then grow about the same amount next year. And the range should go. It should go back up until at least the fifties. Uh, the five-year range of the PE is 10 to 27, and as I said, it's at 10. Very strong cash flow, not much, not too much debt. Growth is about five or six percent sales growth, and it's paying a 7.2 percent dividend. It's hard to pass up something like this because this looks like a really good value. Now, if you're going to buy it, I think I might wait until at least it breaks above its 20-day moving average, at the very least. And that's like $34.50. You like to, It hasn't broken up above that in, since back in the beginning of the year. So when it does, that might signal that it's finally changed direction. So that's what I would do if I wanted to buy it. I'd probably wait to see some strength come back. And last two or three days, it's been up, but you know, I want, I want to see a little bit more strength before I buy it. Sid, thank you for the call. That's LB is the symbol, everybody, L Brands. Okay, let's go to Cherie in San Mateo. How are you doing, Cherie? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. I have a question on Bitcoins. Uh, I know that uh, there has been news recently that it dropped more than 50% from the last uh, mm -hmm. time, $20,000 yep. uh, to, you know, less than 50%, uh, more than 50%, actually. So now that yes. I just read some news uh, regarding some personal care products company uh, started accepting bitcoins as uh, uh, money to uh, for their online sale. So uh -huh. do you think it's still uh, is it is it a good time to buy them or what is your take on them? Well, I think most of the cryptocurrencies are going to go bankrupt. Most of them will. I think. The chances of Bitcoin, which is a t one t one of the cryptocurrencies, there's a, there's a lot of them out there, but Bitcoin is probably the best known, the well well known one and the largest. I think Bitcoin has the best shot to survive, but I don't think we should. I, I think it's going to be like a roller coaster ride, Cherie. I mean, it's gonna it may go way back up to twenty thousand again, come back down to what what it was six or eight thousand. And, you know, then go back. I think it's going to be that kind of ride because it's so new. No one really knows how it, what it should sell for. There's no way to measure it. That's why a lot of the professional older generation, I guess you could call me the older generation, just don't like it, the cryptocurrencies at all because they can't figure out what it's worth. No one knows. How do you know? What is it worth? I, I don't know. It's worth what someone thinks it's worth. But in actuality, isn't that all currencies? Aren't they all just worth what you think it's worth when it comes right down to it, when you boil it all down? What's 
You'll take that dollar bill out of your pocket. It's a piece of paper with a number one on it. What's the difference between that piece of paper with a number one than if it had one with two zeros? It'd be a hundred. It's just still a big piece of paper. So it's what it represents that has value. Okay, what does what does a U.S. dollar represent? Well, you most economists would say it represents a unit of labor, how much work it is to earn that money. Well, Bitcoin is different. It really you can't. You see how difficult it is to value. It was it a unit of labor? <laughs> so it's difficult, Cherie. I mean, no one knows. It's so new. It's like the dot com era. Yeah. Most of those companies went out of business, but some of them took off and are the big companies of today. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Bitcoin has the best opportunity to make it. But if you're going to take a fly at it, make sure you don't do it with too much money because it's so unpredictable. You can't, no one knows how to evaluate it. Okay. Sheree, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. So what's coming up on the next Invest Talk? Can gold be a smart investment now? That will be one of the topics on Invest Talk for Wednesday. As always, we're here to answer your questions on any money topic. Call now at 888-993-99 chart. Our podcast continues, but first a reminder about our upcoming webinar. Invest Talk host Steve Peasley says, without using fundamental and technical analysis, you're wearing a blindfold. With it, you have a valuable tool. You can look under the hood. Revenues, income. See the company's management structure, the strength of their business. Learn to transform technical data and pricing trends into an actionable trading strategy. Technical analysis doesn't tell you whether or not to buy a stock, but it can tell you when to buy. Fundamental and technical analysis. Now, we don't promise in an hour you can be a master, but at least we'll get you familiar with what to look at, what to consider, what to do more homework on. Using fundamental and technical analysis to take your investing to the next level. And help you understand how to use two of the most powerful analysis tools that investors have. Register now on investtalk.com. That's investtalk with two T's, investtalk.com, and click on the investtalk tab. You're listening to Invest Talk. We're glad you're here today to help you find answers. Steve is ready to take on your question right now. Our anytime number, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk about China. China. And talk about their economy. Their economy in the first quarter grew at 6.8%. 6.8%. And it has been growing between 67 and 6.9% for the last 11 consecutive quarters. Haven't heard much about that in the news, have you? Now, it's growing 6.8% on average for the last 11 quarters. Okay, fine. Is that good? Yes, it's good. Uh, but they used to grow at 10%, do you? I don't know if you remember that. They were growing much faster. But now they're getting more mature. And the, the, the fact that they're, remember, they used to grow at the, at, at the expense of trade. Everything was trading outside their borders. That's how they were growing their economy. They weren't growing their middle class. Now, now, that's changing. 
56.6% of the economy is from service and consumer spending inside their country. 56%. Now, the industrial sector, those sectors are climbing. That's what the service sector, consumer spending, that's climbing, climbing pretty fast. So that they're less and less dependent on exports. And what's really happening to, with the with the onset of consumer spending and services inside their country, what's happening is they're seeing some wage pressures. Okay, wage pressures. And that is good for the entire world. Because remember how big they are. There are billions of people, right? A couple billion people, I don't know. Uh, and they're so big, so their middle class is, remember their middle class is bigger than our entire population, much bigger now. And what, what we want is them to be consumer driven, like we are here. We want them to be that, because that will drive up wages, because they want to buy more and more things. And the, the stronger that consumer sector is, the faster it's growing, when it's growing fast, remember employers have to pay people to keep them on their payroll, to find good workers, just like the problems we have here. So, and their consumer class is growing so fast that there's a lot of pressure, and that means that means their products that they export to us and the rest of the world costs are going to keep going up. They've been rising; they're going to continue to rise, and that means we can have more competition. For fairer competition, so it's it's a good thing. It really is a good thing for really the world, not just us, the entire world, that China is doing well. We want them to do well because we sell them a lot of stuff too, and we want that. We want them to open up the borders like our borders. We want free trade. That helps us. It helps the world. We're here for you, everybody. Beginner experience doesn't matter. 888-99-CHART, that's our anytime number, and here's a caller. Hi, my name is Elias from San Ramon. Uh, just giving a call in response to the index for ETFs. Uh, if you're going to dollar cost average for long-term growth, um, kind of buy and hold, uh, would you recommend purchasing an ETF or an index fund? Um, obviously, it would be the ETF would have to be a commission fee-free fund, um, but with, if, if you do have the commission fee-free fund, uh, index or ETF, which one do you prefer? Thanks. Bye. Okay, that's not a, really a proper question because an index fund is, is an index, indexing, you, ETFs index, mutual funds index, so it's not index versus an ETF, it's do I buy an index ETF? An index ETF, like the SPY is the S&P 500 ETF. It's that it follows, tracks the S&P 500. So it's not versus. It's if you want to buy an ETF that's indexing, you'll have a trading fee most likely. If you buy a mutual fund that indexes, uh, in mutual fund, there is an ongoing expense fee. Okay, so what's cheaper? Well, if your dollar cost averages and you keep buying the S&P 500 
through an ETF, every time you make that purchase, every buy, you have to pay a ticket charge to buy it. Maybe $5 a trade, $9 a trade, whatever it is your, you know, your, your, uh, your brokerage firm charges. In a mutual fund, you don't have that. You don't have fees. But there's an annual ongoing expense ratio fee in a mutual fund. Usually indexes, the index mutual funds are pretty low, but it could equal or exceed the ticket charge. So I don't, I, it depends on how often you're going to be buying this index and the ETF and how many ticket charges you are in a year versus how much it costs the, uh, the expense ratio the mutual fund is charging you. So it's hard to answer that question. If you're only buying it once, uh, once an ETF index fund, then it's easy to buy that or once or twice because it's cheaper. But, there's a big but. ETFs also have an expense ratio. They're just very, very small. But they have one. So there's no good, you know, which is better, mutual funds or ETF if you want to buy index. It's not, though, index versus ETFs. Okay? There's not one. You're not buying an index versus I'm buying an ETF. No, ETFs can be indexes. And most often are of some kind. Is the news a factor in your investing decisions? Do you feel you can tell the facts from the exaggeration? It's not that that money show you know the cable shows, the TV shows about money are getting the facts wrong, but they are kind of warping your view of reality because their job is to get eyeballs to watch their show. So you need to have some perspective on today's news. You really do. We try to help with that. What's your money worry? What story needs straight? We'll try to help you with that. 888-99-CHART. Do you have an active 401k? Do you feel active in your management of it? Many employees feel that they have little real control and fewer choices than they'd like. That's why KPP Financial thinks you might like to know more about Active 401k. This is a 401k management program that guides you towards the best possible choices for your employer's plan. Find out more about it on investtalk.com. Look for Active 401k. Let's go to JP in San Francisco. How are you doing, JP? Hey, I got a question. You know how uh, whenever you talk to a finance radio talk show, uh-huh. they always uh, talk about how analysts is like they're just pumping up stocks. They're usually wrong. So I they're mean, not always wrong, but they're usually wrong. But majority of the time, they're wrong. Right. I would say more than fifty percent. So what about using as a strategy, just going opposite what they always talk about? <laughs> yeah, that might be a good strategy. I've never never thought about that. What I have noticed is what happens is they are, they're usually wrong. It's the degree of how wrong they're going to be. Someone did a study, I read this a few months back, from the very initial looking at a stock. In other words, let's say eBay came out with earnings tonight, and now the analysts are going to be predicting what they're going to do next quarter. From this point right now, they're usually off, according to this article, about 40, 40%. Wow. But what they do is they keep changing their numbers as the quarter goes by. So even at the very end, they're still wrong. They're just not as wrong as they were before. Now, that could be wrong high or low. You never know how what side of the coin they're going to be wrong on. Oh. So that's the problem. That's interesting. All right. Good enough. Thank okay. you. Thank you. 
And have you ever heard of the uh, the Holbert uh, Nasdaq Newsletter Sentiment Index? It's a sentiment index, and it's been around a while, and it's pretty reliable. This is this is how you kind of know. This is one way. One way. I don't want to say for sure because nothing ever is for sure. That the bull market is just about done. And what he does, this is Mark Holbert, and what he does is he gets all the newsletters. And whether they're bullish or bearish, and he puts them in an index based on what they're moving toward. Uh, their buy recommendations, their sell recommendations, having more, are they more bullish or bearish? How he actually does it, of course, that's top secret. We don't know, but I do know he uses, you know, uh, newsletters to do that. And so one, he's been tracking this for years and years and years now. And one way to know if, if, if it's kind of a contrarian index if it's very bullish <coughs> the new this index this sentiment index if it's very bullish the newsletter writers are very very bullish that's actually a bearish sign if it's very very bearish that's a bullish sign now you probably think well wh how, how's that make any sense because these are newsletters, right? They're going out to all the people that they're reading the newsletters. And if it's very bullish, that means all those people are already in the market with their money. So they're already there with their money. They're already in. Where's the next thing that can happen? Money has to come out. Vice versa. When they're out, when they're bearish, everybody's out. So this index only works at the extremes. Okay, you want extremes. Well, what's the extreme? Well, he's identified it. It's between about 80, 80 to 90%. That's the extreme. What is it today? What is it right now? Well, it's about 57. 57.6 last week. When's the last time it was 80? January. When did we have a correction? February. <laughs> so, if you look back, it's pretty accurate. It's not exactly accurate. So that's one of the things you look for if the market, if you think, if look for when the, to indicate that the bull market is over. Well, it was at 50 something, 57. It's not 80. So the second thing to watch for is how investors behave when in the wake of a, the next bout of stock market weakness. When the market falls again when it starts to go down hard if it goes down very very quickly that's actually a bullish sign bullish so you want it to collapse overnight thousand two thousand points over over a few days that would be a bullish sign if it if it goes down and the bullish sentiment on this newsletter remains high, that's a bearish signal. Now, why is that? Well, you want people to get out of the market that are weak. And if they get out very, very fast, that means there's going to be a lot of money on the sidelines. And we already shook out all the weak holders of stocks. If people don't believe in the fall, in other words, it starts to fall, the market starts to go down, but they still want to be invested, they still feel like they should be invested, but the market prices are going down, they're not believing that we're in a correction or a bear market. They don't believe it. And the, their disbelief 
makes it worse because they slowly get out because they say, well, that I'm going to sell that stock and because it's gone down too far, oh, I'm going to sell this one. But they still believe in the market overall. They will tend to want to reinvest in a market that's falling. You want, you want what's called an exhaustive sell-off quickly. In other words, everybody gets out fast, the market tanks, and, they, and they're just, oh, thank God, we're all out. Because from an exhaustive sell-out, sell-off, a bull market arises. It's the same thing as the old saying, buy when they're sellers and sell when they're buyers. You want to you wanna be, you want to buy when everybody else is out. That means, but how do you recognize that? Well, one of the easiest ways is an exhaustive sell-off. The market falls very, very fast. And that's kind of bullish. Did you follow that? Okay, let's get back to our 24-hour listen line. 888-99-CHART is a number. Let's go and pick up the call. Hi, um, I'm 35 years old and a value um, investor, a long-term value investor. And I just was wondering what would be a good time to get into PEP and KO right now. I'm just wondering what would be a good price to get into those two stocks. So um, if you can let me know, that'd be great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, let's pick one. Let's pick uh, KO. That's Coca-Cola. Everybody loves Coca-Cola because it's such a, a standard bearer. It's got a huge brand name. Uh, we call that a moat, right? Uh, it's very difficult to overcome Coca-Cola's brand. What's a good price to get into Coca-Cola? Well, I, I would say, you know, looking at a chart, we're looking at around, you know, this might be a good area, around $41, $42, because it does show support in this area. It has been at this area in 2016, and this is where it ran up from. Now, but I will tell you this, it's not a cheap stock. It's not, you know, as far as the earnings, it, you know, it, it, they're going to make $2.27 next year, and it's a $41 stock. So, you know, it's under, it's about a 20 PE. And that's a decent price for Coca-Cola, but it's not a cheap price. So this is the area, if it holds this area, and it can move up from here, maybe break the 20-day moving average, it might be a good buy point. So what's the next, what's the big advantage to investing? What is it? Was there a big advantage investing over mutual funds or ETFs? Which has the bigger advantage? Or does, is it? Does, do you have, do you get an instant diversification in both of them, right? You do. So how do you choose the right ones? Let's talk about it. 888-99-CHART. Let's get back to your calls on Invest Talk for this Tuesday, May 15th. On the surface, there are many reasons to be wary of gold, but there can be a strategy that works. Can gold be a smart investment right now? That's our talking point next time. Do you have a question for Steve right now? 888-99-CHART is how to reach him on Invest Talk. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jay in Fremont. How you doing, Jay? I'm fine, Steve. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Uh, Steve, I have a question on uh, ticker PPC, uh, Pilgrim's Pride Corporation. Uh, it's been falling uh, continuously, and I'm not sure if it's a good price to pick it up now. Thank you. Okay. P 
PPC, Pilgrim's Pride Corporation. Let me uh, pull this up. PPC. Okay, uh, producers uh, prepare, uh, prepared and fresh chicken in the U.S., Mexico, and Puerto Rico for the food service industry. So, you know, McDonald's chicken McNuggets or wherever, you know, food service industry. I don't know if they supply McDonald's, but that's what they do, supply restaurants. $5 billion company, Pilgrim's Pride. They're growing about, you know, 11, 12, 13% a quarter in sales, so that's good. Earnings will be at 4% this year, but flat next year. They're going to make $2.96, okay? That means the P.E. is only like 7, 7.75. And the five-year range is 5 to 15. So it's at the lower range of their five-year range P.E. And this looks like the buy point. Now, Jay, I'd kind of wait till you see some strength. It looked like they had some strength coming into it. Uh, then the last couple of days, I gave that back. So let's wait a little bit longer. I'd like to see it break above maybe the 20 or the 50-day moving average. The 20-day moving average is $22 a share. So that's about a 10, 8, 9% move up. If it breaks above that, then go ahead and buy it. That would be a buy point because it's, right. it's a good value. It's really a good value. All right. Okay? All right. Thank you so okay. much. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. At PPC, that's Paul, Paul, Cat, everybody. Let's go to Fahim in Sunnyvale. How are you doing, Fahim? I'm good, sir, Steve. Uh, thank you for your show. Uh, I you. have a question about the REIT, OHI. I wanted to know if that can be a long-term holding in my Roth IRA. And given this interest rate scenario, would the dividend be safe? Is that, what's, what stock are we talking about? OHI. It's a healthcare REIT. Okay, Omega, uh, Omega, um, Omega Healthcare. Okay. Yes, Omega Healthcare. Yeah, that's a REIT. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a REIT that invests in healthcare facilities, primary long-term care facilities across the nation. It's had a very good uh, run-up here in a very short period of time. It was $25, oh, what, two weeks ago. Now it's 28 27 And everybody thinks, well, that's, that's only three points. No, don't think of that term. That's about... 14% in a couple weeks. That's a pretty good move. Um, they're going to make $2.99 this year, $3.10 next year. The P.E. is very low still, around 9 The The problem you have is their sales have been weakened in the last three quarters. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to why that's happening. And, uh, you know, the, when I say weakened, they're slowing down 2 to 5%. That's not a great big slow down and I don't know why that's happening but this is a REIT a real estate investment trust so you're getting 9% dividend so that's why you're buying it and I think the dividend is pretty darn solid I don't think that's a problem at all for him so you buy this thing for that dividend and it's cheap right now so I, this would be okay it might give back some of the recent gains I mean, I would love to see you give back about half of it, and then you buy it like at $27, but I don't know if you'll get it. But that would make that would be a better buy point because usually things that move up really, really fast, give back some of that before they continue their march up. That's the normal thing. Fine, thanks for the call. That's OHI, everybody. Omega Healthcare. It's a real estate investment trust. REIT. REIT. Remember what those are. 
REIT. A REIT has to give uh, pay 90% of its earnings out in the form of a dividend to the shareholder. They have to do that. If they do do that and they are qualified as a REIT, then they don't have to pay income tax at the corporate level. They don't have to pay any. Time to end the hour, everybody. Reminder, I will be in San Jose next month for individual retirement reviews. To set up a time, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Invest Talk tab, then Portfolio Review. The date for is San Jose is June 6th. June 6th, San Jose. So give me a call. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab. I'm Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Justin Klein and I thank you for being part of the show today. And let's do it again on tomorrow, Wednesday. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.